Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend James of FolkConjure.com in North Carolina, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjureman of ConjuremanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we welcome a special guest, Brother Christopher of RuneWorker.com in Los Angeles, California, bringing us today's topic on visions and dreams for luck and success. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjurer, root work, as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We're going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Miss Cat? Well, hello. How are you doing today? Let's start with you. I, I'm doing well, although we have had another bout of rain in our area, so we had some minor flooding a little bit this time, but we, we knew where it was coming in at, so we were able to mitigate that. And um, for those that were here last week and listened to the show, I was talking about a new deck that I was putting out. I can say that it will, uh, the proof will be arriving in two days, and uh, it will be a Lenormand-style deck, Lenormand-style deck, Lenormand, however you want to say it. Um, and hopefully we'll be having that uh, available for sale and to talk about very soon on the show. Wow. So good. It's so funny that you mentioned um, the Norman style deck because today um, in my series of publishing the contents and the covers of 19th and early 20th century um, dream books, which I've been doing at the rate of about one per week, the one I published today, and you can find it by going to Oh, Lucky Mojo at Facebook or my page at Facebook. The name of it is Madame Lenormand's Fortune Teller and Dream Book, published by I and M. Ottenheimer in Baltimore, Maryland. Now, what's interesting oh, about it is... Oh, thinking today. Yes, it's in sync. And it has in it a very long section on fortune telling by playing cards um, and you know, whatever. But it doesn't have what we would now call a Lenormand deck because it predates that. Um, the Lenormand deck, as we know it, developed um, almost as a mnemonic for people who were reading called short packs of cards. Well, I don't need to tell everybody this. Y'all probably know it already. But a Lenormand pack is a short pack. It's not 52 cards or 52 cards plus jokers. And people began to associate these cards with certain mm, images and, and mm. you know, like the fox and the dog, you know, fox is theft, the dog is loyalty, so forth. And then they, they would put print cards with those 
images on them with the playing card image, and the playing card image got smaller and smaller and smaller and finally disappeared. And now the Norman decks are a set in there of themselves. So, James, I was leading to a point. Will your Lenormand deck have the playing cards on it, or will it have just the pictures? They will not. They will have just the pictures. Um, Just because I really wanted to capture what the subject of the deck was, and I I felt like extra material would pull away from uh, the imagery, if that makes sense. Right. Oh, it does. Mm-hmm. And most modern oh, yeah. Lenormand decks, yeah, most modern Lenormand decks, they've, the connection with the original cards has been severed. But I just had to ask you that. Um, it's it's a fascinating uh, thing to me to see how these decks have uh, changed over the years. It's the same with the Tarot. People look at something like, you know, whatever it might be, the Five of Swords, and they're no longer thinking about five spades or five swords they're thinking about a guy on a battlefield with clouds in the air you know it's like it's become the picture the picture in both the tarot and the lenormand deck the picture takes um precedence over the original playing card uh tips anyway thank you for telling me that things here have been Actually, very, very wild. We've been working on the uh, Dream Book bibliography, which I will not be releasing yet. It's going on and on. You can just watch it unfold one book at a time every week, and eventually it'll turn out to be a whole big bibliography. But in the meantime, we're coming up on Chinese New Year, as I was taught to call it nowadays, more properly referred to as Asian Lunar New Year. Um, And... This is going to be on February 10th, and in honor of that upcoming date, my dear husband, Nagashiva, say hi, Nagashiva. Hi, Nagashiva. (laughs) There he is. (laughs) Um, Nagashiva has been working on a Patreon page, which comes into my Patreon account, but as people know, um, he's always done my scanning and cleanups, and I've worked with him on cleanups for art while I do most of the writing. And this time, he has outdone himself, so it's really a Nagashiva page with me just writing some text on it, and it's about dragon money. And um, this is because the year of the dragon will be upon us on the 10th, and that is um, many people's most favorite Mm -hmm. lunar year. It's considered by some people to be the most fortuitous. And there's a few other things going on right now because Chinese people love to play with numerology of the West just as much as Asian numerology. Um, This year, the dragon will be in the year 2024. And 2024, if you add the digits, is 8. And 8 is the number in Chinese numerology of money luck and business success. And so dragon coins are being issued by every small nation in the world from Vanuatu to Niue and more. And and some of these, um, the Fiji um, lucky eight coin is actually a giant block of 888 grams of silver in the form of the Western numeral eight with dragons on it. 
I mean, these people are going all out. So stay tuned. Nagashiva's um, Dragon Money page will be up tonight on um, for patrons, and then we're for patrons rather, and then we're going to be adding to it. And in time for actual lunar new year, we will release it to the public. Unlike many of ours, which have a one-year holdover for Patreon, this one will come out in time for Luna New Year for everybody. But it's a lot of fun, and that's what we've been doing. Phew. All right. Well, how about you, Countryman? Can you top that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I can. I was a far more busy and productive of a, of a week than I had. Though it was a productive week, just not not, not cat levels of productive. <laughs> so it was, it's been a good week. I, I've got to say um, this month has been a great month so far. January has been pretty good, but it has been one of those months where it feels like 100 years have passed in the month. Just so much has happened in this first month already. And so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at 2024, and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be hopefully a good year, but one of those years where it feels like, centuries go by in the entire year. And I think part of it is because so much of the work that I'm doing is like planning work. Like clients are thinking about things like, uh, I want to buy a house in the summer. I want to get, get a new job in the next couple of weeks. I want to get married this year. And so everything has been about how to plan and make those things come into reality, whether it's crown of success work, mojo work, whatever it is. There's this, this, this whole energy around planning what their 2024 is going to look like. And let me just say, everybody seems to have very big plans for this year. And I love that. I love that for everybody, that everyone is so optimistic. And they're like, yeah, this is the year I'm going to get married. I'm going to find someone, fall in love, and we're going to get married all in the same year. I'm like, all right, good for you. Uh, or people are like, this is the year I'm going to take the leap and just change jobs. I want, I've always wanted to be a graphic designer, and I'm going to go and become a graphic designer <laughs> oh now. So this is kind of like this really big dreaming stuff. So it's it's been a it's been an interesting interesting month, a very fulfilling month, I would say, but a very busy one. I, I for a, just a fraction of a second, I thought you were using yourself as an example. Oh, graphic? No, no, no graphic design for me. <laughs> And I was like, I have no whoa, skills. he's going to marry, buy a house, and become a graphic designer? Wow. <laughs> that's, that's way out of my wheelhouse. My artistic <laughs> skills are very, very limited here. I'm a better writer well, than I am. Uh, you know, I, it, see, though, among my clients, it's I'm going to marry, buy a house, and become a realtor. But these are mostly middle-aged women. <laughs> okay. But right, they have, everyone's got big dreams this year, right? Like big dreams. Yeah, a dream and good yeah. for them. Yeah. And I have to say one more thing before we bring in our guests. I just have to go and put an asterisk on what I was saying about the year of the dragon. If y'all have not been aware of it, I want you all to make a little footnote off to one side. Don't leave this show, but after the show, I want you to go to YouTube and look up <sighs> Piano. Uh, you can look up Brendan, the name Brendan, Brendan Kavanaugh Piano, CCCP, another Chinese Communist Party, and St. Pancras, P-A-N-C-R-A-S, in London. Any of those words, you will be inundated with this bizarre event in which a guy named Brendan Kavanaugh, who's a British 
mm, boogie-woogie pianist who plays on Elton John's piano that Elton John donated to St. Pancras Station. And he was set upon by a bizarre team of Chinese spies. I kid you not. Mm. Some of them are known spies and have been outed as spies living in England who wanted him to stop playing the piano. And their reason for it was there's a giant uh, New Year's gala that's um, broadcast live in China at Chinese New Year. And it's supposed to have all live remotes. People are supposed to say, hi, I'm calling in from New York, whatever. And these fools all dressed up um, red scarves that had dragons embroidered on them um, in sort of a bluish purple at the bottom of each side, kind of like a, a pastor stole with little images at the bottom. And they all showed up at St. Pancras Station, and they were going to pre-film their, quote, live, unquote, segment and they were going to do this on the 19th of January and there's Brendan and he's meanwhile a Japanese film crew is making a documentary about public pianos all around the world and they've got a Japanese presenter and there's a guy named Jim who's British who's a very good blues pianist and you know they're all coming around and these Chinese guys show up and they just move in and say you can't film us we have privacy rights what they were trying to say was holy shit, we just figured out we're on a live stream and people will, our cover will be blown and they'll know that our New Year's um, presentation was fake. And they get more and more and more aggressive. You're going to love it, Conjurman. I can just, that little chuckle. Well, i got to check it look out, up, yeah. Look up Newton Leng, Christine Lee. There's a whole bunch of them. And they're all freaking agents of the Communist Party. Meanwhile, this poor guy, Brendan, is going like, well, that's a communist flag. The whole thing sounds like a Monty Python um, routine because of his uh, British lower class accent. And uh, really and does, they're yeah. screaming, don't, yeah, it, it's amazing. And they're screaming, don't touch her, don't touch her. Don't touch her is totally bogus. He never touched anybody. In fact, he had been dancing with them before they realized they were on the live stream. And, and then... Uh, don't touch her. Please don't touch her. You're not the same age. Don't touch her. And then meanwhile, the other woman is going, don't shoot him. Don't shoot him. It's so crazy. And it's all been remixed into weird rap. And um, and then somebody told Brendan, you know, Winnie the Pooh is banned in China because um, uh, she he looks you know, like the, him. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like and there's this photo of, of President Obama and G walking together as Tigger and Winnie the Pooh. I mean, it's just a comparison that's funny. But he banned Winnie the Pooh because he was so embarrassed or shamed or whatever. And so now Brendan, Terry Miles, and a guy named Maurice Potter, all of whom are these British boogie-woogie retro musicians, are, are at St. Pancras Station holding Winnie the Pooh dolls. It's so crazy. <laughs> It's oh, worth an afternoon. I'm definitely, anyway, I'm definitely it's become it an international incident. Hmm. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So anyway, I just had to throw that in when I, that was my long footnote to Chinese New Year. This Chinese New Year is going to be really crazy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they've been thoroughly shamed, outed, and, and frustrated in their attempt to get um, a boogie woogie pianist arrested for sexual assault and racism. Wow. All right. Having said all of that, <laughs> um, <laughs> Brother Christopher said in the chat, if it wasn't in Britain and involved Chinese communists, it almost sounds like some wild things to see in the USA. Yeah, it's right up there with 
with Pizzagate, and it's being called Pianogate for obvious reasons. Um, Anyway, I want to bring in Brother Christopher. Thank you for your patience. I just had to go there with that thing. (laughs) Uh, Welcome. So welcome to the show after quite a while. Nice to see you. Hi. Uh, It's nice to see you. I don't know how I can follow up a story like that. That's just like, (laughs) and then they're all shown photographs holding Winnie the Pooh dolls. Oh, oh, I laughed so hard at that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, because I've I've heard that Winnie the Pooh, and it resembles the current um, president of China and how they banned Winnie the Pooh because they use it as like a subtle diggative. Oh, oh. Bless my heart. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, you you're uh, doing your work, your good work for the world in Southern California. So why don't you catch us up on what you've been doing lately? Um, I've I've had some clients asking for psychic work. Um, hmm. some people asking for help in finding lucky numbers or developing psychic abilities. Um, or help in being able to intuitively read um, cards and tarot more. And then I was being absolutely enchanted by all the posts on the Lucky Mojo Curio Company Facebook page of your dream books with their fantastic covers. And what was the one that I really loved the most? I think it was the Egyptian dream book cover, like... The artwork yeah. on that, I was just like, oh, that is so cute, like, and enchanting, and yeah. So so when I was invited to the show, I was just like, what should I talk about? What should I talk about? I'm just like, well, she's posting all these dream books, and these covers are so great. And then I also have all these people coming to me for, like, dream and psychic work, and I'm just like, why don't we talk about, you know, psychic abilities and visions to help people you know, achieve their goals and, like, get a sense of what they should do or where they should go or just being able to perceive the hidden and unseen elements of the world and thus be able to prepare for stuff that, you know, ordinarily you wouldn't necessarily know would be coming. Just, like, have that, I guess, knowingness, intuition, um, to prepare for stuff. And since it's also January, and of course a lot of people are also thinking about what the new year is bringing and they're preparing for that. And so being able to, you know, intuitively sense things or get visions or other um, inspirations on what they should do for themselves. Well, you know, we're in that wonderful time between secular New Year and Chinese New Year. It's mm. like New Year all the time. <laughs> it's like every every day is New Year's Day until we finally hit Chinese New Year and we can relax. And then, oh, no, then we get to have astrological New Year, and then we get mm. to have Jewish New Year. Now, there's always a New Year for everybody. But this is that special time when people are making plans for change. And um, the idea of interpreting dreams is something very dear to my heart. Obviously, I wouldn't have a collection of over 100 19th and early 20th century dream books if I didn't care about them. So interpreting dreams is something that really has a, 
history in almost every culture. But the history is different and the meanings are different in different cultures. In a culture where horses are used as plow animals and workhorses, to dream of a horse means hard work. But in cultures where horses are mostly restricted to use by the royalty and the cavalry, to dream of a horse is to dream of success and promotion in the caste system. So we see that dream interpretation does vary by culture, but not a whole lot. I don't know of any culture in which to dream of a horse means a death, unless it's a black horse pulling a hearse, right? Um, and I don't know of any culture in which to dream of a horse means your lover will be breaking up with you. In other words, they follow certain patterns, um, and the things that are dreamed of also follow certain patterns. They might be things around us, things seen um, on the street, and they might be events. And so over the years, people, and I'm talking over the centuries, over the millennia, people have compiled books of dream interpretation. And people have, who are anthropologists or folklorists, when they meet a new culture, they say, do you have any meanings for dreams? And they quickly write them down. So we have had collections of the meanings of dreams from all over the world for many, many years. They became associated with gambling numbers in the late 19th century. And this is because of the rise of a gambling game called Policy, which consists of spinning a wheel with numbers on it, and the numbers fall out, you win. If you can bet one number, you win a little bit. If you bet two numbers and both come out, it's just a mathematical um, upping the ante. You can bid four numbers or five numbers. Almost never will they all hit, but if they do hit, you get a huge payout. And so starting in the 19th century, when policy became very important as an illegal lottery, dream books began to add these numbers to them. And so there's a whole classification of dreams that refer to numbers as well as to fortunate and unfortunate predictions. So that's what I have to say about it. Um, how about you, Contraman? Do you have any anything to add about dreams and how they operate? Yeah, I think um, what fascinates me the most about dreams and dream divination is that it's one of those unique forms of divination in which there's sort of a professional class of dream interpreters that have always existed. I mean, we can go, even the Bible, you go to the Bible and you'll read about dream interpreters, kings having dream interpreters, right? And, 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 and Joshua being a dream interpreter, all these sort of famous figures being dream interpreters and prophets being called upon to interpret dreams. But it's also readily accessible for ordinary people. And that's not always the case for divination practices, right? Divination generally is either a folk practice or there's sort of a professional class of them. Um, but dream divination is one of the ones that, that really moves between both the, the professional world and the popular world. And part of them comes from these dream dictionaries, which are very popular in the 19th and 20th century, but actually stretch back to the ancient times. Right. We have evidence of, of incredibly old Greek dream diaries, Jewish dream diaries, Islamic dream diaries. I mean, they, they've been around, Indian dream diaries have been around for literal thousands of years. And the, each culture has its own sort of unique interpretation. Some are sacred based off of the symbology of that culture, that religion. Some are universal 
right? And you can find uh, that dreaming of this thing is almost always good no matter where you are in that culture. And some social connotations, as you mentioned, if a society has horse riding, the dreaming of horses will mean something. Society has no engagement with horses, it means something completely different. Uh, in the same way that, for example, certain birds are, don't exist everywhere in the world, and so people won't dream of those birds. Right? Like you're not going to see a lot of flamingos in certain cultures' dreams and interpretations of it, but they'll show up elsewhere. And so dreams have a sort of religious, symbolic, cultural, sacred signification, a, a cultural signification, and then universal signification. And then dreams have what we call dream logic. So in addition to giving very clear descriptions of, for example, if you dream of a crow, it means blank. Many dream dictionaries will also explain the logic behind how to interpret a dream, even if you don't uh, see the meaning in the, in the dictionary portion of it. So for example, one is dreaming interpretation through reversal. If you see something, the reverse of it is true in, in reality. So if you dream of a death, that predicts a, a if you dream of a birth, that predicts a death. This is a common interpretive uh, framework that you'll find in many, many cultures. So you have these uh, logics of interpretation and then a framework that's also given in dream dictionaries. And I think that's really useful because it allows you to, to develop your own dream interpretations. We live in an era where, you know, 19th and 20th century Dream books probably don't don't include computers, right? But but once right. you understand the logic of of dream interpretation, you can expand it so that okay, I, I dreamt of a computer, I dreamt of AI today, I dreamt of this thing that isn't in the dream dictionary, but the dream dictionary gave me the framework to interpret it. You know, I just got to jump in here with something. A lot of dream books, um, especially lottery dream books, are undated, and the publisher yeah. may be somewhat um, shadowed because it, they're dealing with something illegal. And so they just don't want to put a lot of identification on it, or they don't want to put a date on it because they want people to think it's universal. One way that I date dream books is to make a few test uh, checks. If they mention the atomic bomb, they're post-World War II. <laughs> <That's really good laughs> if, they mention, if they mention television, post-World right. War II and probably into the 50s. Um, if they mention steamships or fans, they're probably uh, 19th century or are retaining 19th century elements, even though they might be mm. later. Yeah, so you can date dream books by, totally. by what the dream is. Because how many people now dream of a steamship? Not that, right. not that many, right. because they don't know what and it I think is. Terminology gives it away too, to a certain extent, right? Like, so if you refer to the movies as movers, that's very different than saying movies, right? So, like, I think you can some some terminology can be very clear. Yes, that's right, that's right. Well, brother Christopher, now, do you interpret dreams for people when they come to you and tell you they had a dream? I do interpret dreams for people. I I think that was one of the first gifts I noticed is that oftentimes when people would come to me and be like, I had this dream and it had this and that, and I'd be like, oh, well, that's because this and this is going to happen. And they were like, how do you know that? I'm just like, I don't know how I know that, but I just feel like this is what's going to happen. And then people would come back to me and say, what you said about my dream is exactly true. And they would be astonished and amazed. Um, and so 
I don't have clients come to me very often now asking for dream interpretation, but there are always scores of people asking for dream interpretations out there on the internet, and I often provide them with a quick possible meaning of what their dream might mean. Um, because, of course, when you're being inundated with, you know, 20 to 100 interpretations by various people, you can have your, you can sort of pick and choose, and you might choose somebody's interpretation that is favorable to, you know, what your plans are or what your goals and desires are versus if somebody told you, you know, for example, if you dreamed of a birth, and somebody tells you, oh, well, that, that signifies, you know, somebody, somebody's probably going to die, then, but if somebody else says, well, no, a dream of a birth means, you know, you're, somebody's going to have a baby, then they might choose to go with that interpretation, only possibly to be disappointed when, yeah, you know, yeah. instead, this brings up grandma an amazing. Dies. This, this brings up an amazing part of becoming a reader. What you're describing, tuitional interpretation. Mm. And I tend to read by memorization of thousands of images that I've memorized what, they're, what they mean. It's very similar to tea leaf reading. So, mm-hmm. um, in, to be, in fact, some of them are the same, folks. Tea leaf reading and dream reading in Western civilization are very, very influenced by one another, and you can almost make them interchangeable in some ways. But what I do is I just read these books over and over and over, and I go, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, the acorn, it grows, the tree, the blah, blah. You know, it, it just, I know those images by heart. I also will look them up in books, but I also am very well aware of the culture of the person for whom I'm reading. And this is something I always ask people. So what is your culture? Where do you come from? And I'm going to give you just one example. Um, it is very common in African-American culture for the close relatives of someone who has died to expect to dream of them. And mm-hmm. family members will even compare who dreamed of grandpa first. Yep. And the idea would be whoever dreams of him first was the chosen one. And people call me sometimes very distraught. Everyone in the family dreamt about grandma, but I haven't had a dream of her. Mm-hmm. Is she mad at me? So this is a cultural way. And then as a helper, I will then tell the client how to prepare for that dream. Well, you may have just forgotten it. It, You may have had the dream, but it's just you weren't in a receptive mood. Let's work on what you need to do to what's called incubate the dream. One of Mm. the most important ways to do that is to fast before dreaming. Another is to ask for the dream before going to sleep. Some people will light a candle, concentrate on a picture of the person. But in some cultures, your life is under a cloud if you haven't dreamed of the deceased at least once, if you loved them and they loved you. On the other hand, oh my gosh, if you dream about that ugly brother-in-law who beat your sister half to death and then went off and became a drug addict, robbed a bank and was shot dead by the cops and he's coming back in your dreams over and over and over again. That's really worrisome. And so people call me, oh my God, I keep on dreaming about this guy and I hate him. How can I stop dreaming about him? Right? And there are ways to 
move those spirits on. One of the best ways are those described by Alan Kardec in the spiritist movement to elevate them. But there are also ways to banish them and to just simply move those people away that you're dreaming of who you wouldn't have wanted in your life and yet they keep coming back. And then sometimes it's just a person who they knew in high school and maybe they were really good friends, maybe they went to some sports events together, maybe they dated and went bowling, never had sex. They don't even know if this person's alive or dead. Mm. Suddenly they dream about them. So they look into it and it turns out the person just died. And now they're like, how come he's in my dream? I barely knew the guy. I mean, it was like, you know, 25 years ago and why am I dreaming about him? But then he comes back again and again and again. And there's a, a lot of interest on the part of clients to find that out. And it's not so much the content of the dream usually that they're just concerned about. Why am I dreaming at this person? As a counselor, as a dream reader, I will say, but what were you doing together? What did he say? And very often, that's the key to interpreting the dream, not a dream book, but, oh, he told me to watch out. When, how did he die, hon? Oh, he died in a car accident. Oh, well, gee whiz, (laughs) maybe you should watch out, right? And people don't put two and two together, that the manner of um, communication with the deceased is really important and that it comes in a dream, but also the message, the manner and mm. the message. So those are some of my thoughts about it. And um, I have uh, done a lot of dream interpretation for folks. There's a page mm-hmm. on dream interpretation at AIR. I don't know if anyone put that in the chat log, but someone should, and his name is Nagashiva Dragon Boy Ironwood. Um <laughs> Oh, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, I think that... I, one of the things you said here is, I mean, all of what you said is important, but the, the one that really stood out to me is the cultural context here really, really matters. And I think this is something that new dream interpreters can sometimes struggle with, that they, when someone comes to them and asks them about to interpret their dreams, they often interpret from their own cultural position. And that can be a problem. And it can lead to mis. I've seen this a lot where people go, I had so I had so and so interpret my dream, and like the exact opposite happened, or this other thing happened. And to me, I'm like, that's not to say that the other person didn't have psychic ability or intuition, but often that cultural component can override that. It can sometimes lead to a bit of confusion. So it is important. That doesn't mean you should only get your interpretation from someone of your own culture, though that can certainly help. But your reader should, your dream interpreter should know something about that culture. It matters. Um, and specifically things like meanings, right? Like if you're dreaming, because the dream is a message for you, and it's going to be through the symbology and language that you are familiar with, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Dreaming of, of, of the evil eye in a cultural context indicates the evil eye. It indicates envy. It indicates trouble. It indicates someone directing envy at you. But if sometimes when you speak to, for example, people who come from a New Age background or a neo-pagan background, if they see the image of the evil eye, they think of the the talisman itself rather than the concept. You go, oh, that's a beautiful image. It's protective. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's beautiful. And you go, well, for this person, dreaming of it in their culture means something incredibly different than how you're interpreting it. So having that cultural component really matters. And I think this is where where reading 
green dictionaries is highly, highly recommended. Read a bunch of them and then start to also develop, if you want to learn how to become an interpreter, develop your dream language. Uh, you've heard me on this radio show before. I always, always recommend keeping a dream dictionary. Read the dream dictionaries, but also make your own. Wake up every day in your dream dictionary, in your dream diary, and write down what you dreamt about. And then that day, go back and go, did those things happen? What happened today? Oh, that, this thing happened. Maybe that was a link to this flower that I dreamt of. Maybe it was a link to this other thing. And over time, what that will do is it will build your dream language, your dream vocabulary, and it will make you a better interpreter. That's a really important thing is that there's so much about uh, dreaming that is personal and your own dream journal. I I think I've mentioned on this radio show before that I had one of the strangest dreams in my life in which um, Robert Redford, um, who was uh, dressed and playing the part of Captain America, um, this was many years ago when Robert Redford was young, um, accompanied by a young boy who was playing Bucky, Captain America's one-time sidekick, uh, came into a Goodwill thrift store where I was looking at um, snakes, which were wound on the reels on which telephone wire is wound by the Pacific Gas and Electric Company, big wooden reels, but they were snakes. And he turned to me and told me, you ought to keep a dream diary. <laughs> like, you're right, Robert Redford, I should, and I did. And um, it was very strange. He also showed me a, um, a tire from a sort of 1920s bicycle. This is when the sting had come out. I guess I was thinking of that. And uh, on it was a record of every place that bicycle had been. It was impressed into the rubber. And he told me, you see, this, this, this wheel shows everywhere it's gone. So I have always told people, if you have a strange dream, you don't have to write down every little meaningless dream you have, every little oddity. But if you have a dream that's so interesting, write it down, leave some space next to it, and see if it comes true or what it means to you um, later. <laughs> Reverend Art said, I'm pretty sure Robert Redford's been in a lot of people's dreams. Yeah, yeah. The, the name of the thrift store was Something Nice with Robert Redford. That was the actual name of the thrift store and had a neon sign. All right. <laughs> I'm I'm known for my rather flamboyant dreams, I think. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'll confess to this. Um, you showed up in my dream one time, Miss Cat, and really? you were warning me that somebody had cursed me. And you pulled a thorn out of my foot, and and you said, "See, this is what this is how they did it to you." And I was like, "Oh," and wow. and I woke up, and the next day I was like, "I'm gonna do some uncrossing, like right now." And I did an uncrossing bath and an uncrossing candle, and um, the person who I suspected to have have thrown that curse at me. Um, they tried to reach out on social media and gloat at something about me, and I was just like, no, everything's fine. Why do you ask? And then they they just disappeared and deleted their profile. It was very dramatic in a sense. Wow. Well, wow. you may or may not know this.
this, but I have been asked, and I have talked on this radio show, I've been asked, has I ever been cursed? And I said, yes, I was one time cursed with a blackberry thorn that someone had dressed, and I stepped on it, and I got um, blood poisoning. My legs swelled up. It was really horrific, and I've told the whole story at length elsewhere, but that's so interesting. You probably didn't know that about me. I was mm. once cursed with a thorn in my foot. I I remember that story, and you broke it by taking a silver a dime. dime and carving the Sator square in it. That's right, and, and throwing, throwing it into a fire. fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. You do remember that. So that is so strange that I I was the messenger of that. That you've been cursed. Wow, that's cool. Well, I guess I'm I'm not quite at Robert Redford status, but nice <laughs> to know that I've appeared in somebody's dream. I once had a person call me up. I I can laugh about it now. At the time, it was really disturbing to me. A person called me up and said he had to take my Hoodoo correspondence course, um, and he had to sign up right now. And I said, why? And he said, because I dreamed about you and you were my teacher. And I said, really? He goes, I said, what do I look like? And he goes, well, you're a big, fat black woman. And, <laughs> and I went, wrong person. Sorry. I'm not a big, fat black woman. I'm a little skinny Jewish woman with bad posture. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so that's a good lesson, though. Uh, I could have been flattered to, oh, he dreamed of me, I should teach him. No, no, he just, he was having some other dream. And um, I was not appearing in his dream. Maybe some um, trickster spirit, perhaps. Mm. And that's an important thing to remember, that um, you can have dreams that will fool you. And you want to make sure that you know what you're dreaming about. And um, I had this feeling that he you know, he was dreaming of like Hattie McDaniel or something. That's what I kind of got the impression. Right? Yeah, Hattie McDaniel. But but the thing is, you know, um, you have to you have to investigate your dreams. If you have any question about your yes. dreams, you should consult a reader. They will interpret your dreams for you. You know. Yeah, th- yeah. this is an incredibly important point. Is that a lot of cultures point out that dreams, because they're so inherently spiritual, they have to be investigated. And it's also the period where we are the most susceptible because we're so kind of open and open. One, you can be influenced by others. You can dream things that others want you to dream. Uh, We know this is true because in hoodoo, that's what we do. It's called ghost walking, right? This idea of sending your spirit forth or dream walking and influencing that person's dream telling them what to do and whatnot. So you need to make sure if you dream of someone, is this an omen or is that person actually showing up and trying to influence you to do something? The other is you have to investigate whether it's a trickster spirit. Many, many cultures talk about how uh, certain dangerous spirits or trickster spirits or chaotic spirits can come into your dreams or they can send what are known as false dreams. You, can, you, found this, you find this in particular in sort of Mediterranean cultures, North African, um, um, Southern European, Eastern Levantine. There's sort of language around that certain spirits will give you false dreams. And so the skilled dream interpreter can distinguish between true dreams and false dreams. False dreams are meant to be discarded. They're not, you're not supposed to use their symbology. 
whereas true dreams are supposed to be interpreted. The symbols are from God or from spirit or from angels or the good ancestors, etc. So there is an element of discernment uh, and knowing which dreams to interpret and how to interpret them is part of being a dream interpreter. So investigate your dreams, be mindful of dream influence from outside influences, and be mindful of false dreams. Yeah. I I just have to jump in here. There's all sorts of people in the chat saying they've dreamed about me. Um, And Dr. Sweets had a dream about uh, opening the coffin in the Lucky Mojo Curio Company shop and wind blowing in his face. Wow. And Mm. uh, Reverend Art has dreamed of me. And and Heather um, has dreamed of me. My gosh, I guess that's um, that's very cool. Um, It makes me kind of flattered that people have dreamed about me. That's very sweet. <laughs> That's sweet. It is sweet. Now, we want to talk about dreaming for success. When you have a question, when you have something you want to know, it's a good idea to prepare for your dream. So let's say you want to dream about you have two roads ahead of you, two different job offers maybe, and you want to know which should it be, and you want to uh, Incubate a dream that will tell you the answer. One good way to do this is to take the things that represent the one job, whether it's the logo of the company or some tool that might be used for that company, and the logo of the other company or a tool that might be used for it, and put them down in front of you, light a candle between them, and then basically ask, may I dream tonight which path to take, right? Which is the open road? Which is the road I should not take? Leave them there with the candle to burn out and go to sleep. And it's if you're a good dreamer, not everyone is, but if you're a good dreamer, you'll be able to interpret that dream or call someone like Brother Christopher or me and say, well, I, I, I dreamed that I was getting a new suitcase. Okay, and then we're going to say, well, what are the names of the companies? You know, and What's this? What do they do? And a suitcase will align with one of them or another, or maybe one of the one involved that you're moving or traveling or being on the road, if that would be related to the suitcase. It's not always completely direct, but if you ask your mind, consciousness is kind of this you know, universal background hum, and um, it's like a spider web. If you twang on one of the little pieces, the spider will feel it over at the other side and rush out, oh, look, there's something over there. Well, we're the same way, and when we dream of something, we're sort of twanging a little piece of the big picture, and then we can rush over and interpret it. If we can't interpret it, someone with more sensitive little feet will rush over and go, that's what the dream meant. And your your mention of that candle spell reminds me of that there, there's a number of rituals out there to incubate dreams for people. Um, one that occurs to me right off the top of my head um, is in old grimoires, like the six and seven books of Moses, um, there's a talisman in there that says, you know, if you sleep on it, uh, you'll dream of, of things and you'll receive answers to questions that you have, as well as in the greater key of Solomon, one of the pentacles of Jupiter um, is also said to bring visions while you sleep that will, you know, answer your questions and, and help you learn things that you're looking to learn. 
And so, you know, clearly this has been a goal and desire. I mean, you know, with the dream interpretation books that go back for centuries, but people also trying to, you know, create, like, make dreams happen that will give them insight or an answer into something that they seek that um, even like in the Middle Ages with using magic that was available to them, people were trying to stimulate dreams and find ways of learning information about their future or answering questions that is weighing on their mind as a way to open opportunities or or avoid misfortune. You know, this is these are another one that really is interesting to me and is found in a lot. So much as you used to was if you have trouble finding an answer to a question and you can't dream about it in your own bed, you can go and sleep in what's called a strange bed. And many of these dream books that I've been cataloging and looking at, they talk about uh, to dream it, to go to bed in a strange bed and then you'll dream of your future husband or whatever it is that you need to know. It kind of throws you out of your normal path. The whole idea of the strange bed, very very British to me. Interesting. Yeah. That reminds um, me of a, a tradition that says uh, sleeping on the grave of an ancestor or family member will help you have them come into your dream and give the answers you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. That's an, that's another one. Now, we've been talking about dream books, and I know we're going to get to our client pretty soon, but when you look at a dream book, what you're going to look at usually will be a list of alpha. Did we uh, lose Miss Cat, or is it just me? I think we lost Miss Cat. Yes, huh? I'll get her back right away if you can continue with the show. Yes, okay, I'm, I'm happy okay. to. For a moment, I thought it was me because I've been cutting in and out as well. So I was, I was a, a little bit hesitant there. But hopefully we'll get her back. Uh, these dream dictionaries do have a particular format that they follow, and, and um, some are pretty easy to use in which you can literally look things up alphabetically, uh, and others have more of a framework approach. Then there are the dream dictionaries that Miss Cat has been uh translating and preparing, not translating, but transcribing and preparing, um, I think, uh, on her Patreon. Uh, and they have their own format. So or is that Miss Cat in the background? Oh, no, I thought, I thought I heard her. Um, so knowing the format and style that the dream dictionaries have is important for knowing how to use them. For example, in Middle Eastern dream books, they generally start with a sort of uh, introductory section, which includes a bit of philosophy, it includes sacred verses, it includes prescriptions for how to prepare for dreams. For example, you're told to uh, always go to bed clean, that is, you should be in a state of purity, you should uh, sleep facing your right side, some say you should sleep facing Mecca, and then after giving these prescriptions and frameworks, and then you go to the dream dictionary itself which is generally organized in alphabetical format and then in the end they conclude with some here's how to interpret things that don't show up in this dream book so dream books and dream diaries have their own sort of unique um structures and knowing those structures and how to read them is incredibly
for how to use them. All right. Can you all hear me again? Yes, we can. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, great. I don't know what was said when I was gonna when I was gone. Um, Blog Talk Radio well, just, is acting up. I just yeah, I would just mention the structure of Islamic dream books and how the books sort of look like. Oh, great. Oh, I'll have to listen to it later. I'm sorry I missed it. I was just going to read out something from um, a book called The Lucky Dream Book um, with Fortune Teller. And it's just, you know, just a little piece of advice on page 19. Never tell a dream till you have broke your fast. In other words, had breakfast. Um, If you have the same dream repeated twice or thrice, attend to it. It must have more than common meaning. It's just a good one. Don't tell your dream until after breakfast. And uh, these kinds of customs, this would be presumably British-American custom. Um, there's There's another a type of dream fortune telling that appears in uh, the red folder, I believe, and maybe a little bit of it in Hoodoo Food, which is how to make dream pancakes, how to have dumb suppers and make dream pancakes. Dream pancakes are made with an excess amount of salt, and young women make them, and they uh, make them in groups, and they all go to bed and dream. And in the dream, you should dream about the man you love. And if he offers you a glass of water, he'll be a good husband. But if he leaves you there thirsty in your dream, don't marry him. It's called a dream pancake. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, uh, that stuff is in Trolldom. It, it, it's all from the um, collections of Johannes Gardbach in, in Hoodoo Food, in the Red Folder, and in Trolldom. He knows a lot about that kind of of um, fortune telling for finding husbands, which is very common in Northern Europe. So, um, I'm looking at um, what I was about to say before I got cut off, which was how dreams are organized categories categories of creatures. They some dream books are just alphabetical lists, you know, like um, if you dream of ivy, if you dream of a jail, if you dream of a jar, if you dream of jelly, they're just alphabetical. <clears throat> and some of them are categorized by whether you're dreaming of a mammal, a fish, a reptile, a fruit, a vegetable, and those come into sort of uh, groupings or headings. So when you look at a dream book, you have to first figure out how they are organized. Um, and I'm just going to read you one. This is page 10 from the Lucky Dream Book with Fortune Teller. Jew, if you dream that a genuine Israelite comes along and among you in any way, it is a sign you will quarrel with your father. If you imagine that he cheats you in a bargain, it predicts that you will probably receive a present from some near relative. On the contrary, If the Jew gives you an advantage in the bargain, it shows your father or some elderly relative will ask a favor of you. Bet number 19 and number 64. Now, that's a very specific and kind of weird dream. I have no idea how to interpret that according to Freudian dream theory, other than that the father might represent the older religion, in other words, Judaism, as the precursor to uh, Christianity. 
but you'll find all kinds of things in these old dream books, some of which are offensive, mm. some of which are just freaking weird. I was um, just going to mention there's like a slight anti-Semitic undertone to that thing. Yeah. Well, yes, slightly anti-Semitic. Yeah. Just, just a bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's at least a little bit alarming. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As you were reading the it, I'm like, hold on, hold on about a that. Yeah. The dream interpretation no. of that makes me think of the Old Testament where you have the stories of um, who oh, Daniel. become Israel and Daniel and uh, and how they had disagreements with their father um, because oh, you're he stole right. his brother Esau's birthright by using you're deception. Right. And so the, that may the be what it is. Father, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But that, at the same you know, time, you're like, probably Ooh. right. That is probably what it is. And um, but I love the idea of dreaming of a genuine Israelite. I mean, you know, it couldn't be a fake one, you know. <laughs> On the other <laughs> hand, to dream of beer is trouble, according to this book. But you should bet 42 and 70 anyway. Um, to dream that you've been buried alive denotes you will be rich and powerful. But if you're wealthy, to dream of being buried alive means you'll have more wealth. Interesting. Uh-oh. And now I'm hearing all kinds of beeping noises. What is yeah, that? I think that's a car alarm on my street just now. Oh, a car alarm. Okay. Well, if you're buried alive, then dream 3 and 69. <laughs> What with what with Blog Talk Radio having these problems, I don't know. The beeping was so interesting. Um, if you dream that you yourself have gone crazy, you will receive presents. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a little ambiguous. Oh wow! Well, yeah, but you can see that. Yeah. The logic of reversal in some of these, right, which is very common in a lot of tropes. And like, you're sort of dreaming something bad, but something good's going to mm-hmm. happen. And then when you dream something good, something bad, like the, the reversal thing, like almost universally across cultures, you can find some logic of reverse the meaning of the dream. Mm-hmm. Or at least reverse the goodness or the badness of the dream. Right. And I want to go back to something that Doc Murphy had said in the chat when I was talking about dreaming of horses usually means something good. Um, and she mentioned that to dream of a three-legged horse in Icelandic uh, culture would be to dream of being carried to the world of the dead, which is a good one. And I thank you, Doc Murphy, for that. Um, I'm looking in this particular book, and it says um, horses are symptomatic of good. And if a woman dreams she's mounted on a strong, handsome horse, she will marry a rich man who will love her. All right. Phew. That was interesting. Okay, we're going to have some messages and then our client. Thank you, Ms. Kat. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics. The first psychic line run entirely by hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, 
a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our client is Leslie, calling from area code 330 in Mississippi. Leslie, are you there? Yes, I am. And have you had any other readings on this situation with any other readers? And they write, I met a woman at the airport at the end of December. She went to the same college alma mater I went to about a decade apart. I feel a physical attraction to her, but when we first met, we kept it pretty professional. I would like to know if this will become a romantic and dating relationship in the next few months and would like reading and root work advice. Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Um, I'm going to do something unusual here. I usually read tarot, and I usually do what's called a three-card cut. But if Leslie will indulge me, as I mentioned, I have about 40 dream books here. And I've picked three dream books, and I'm going to open each dream book at random and pull out an image by bibliomancy by opening the dream book, sticking my finger out with my eyes closed and reading that dream and I'll see if we can string these together. Now, this is a kind of um, intuitive reading based on known things. It's very, I like to set myself challenges. So now I have three dream books. Uh, The Lucky Dream Book with Fortune Teller. And I'm going to open that up and the first uh, card, as it were, the first dream, as it were, is a cross. To dream of a cross brings success and honor. To carry it means trouble. So uh, the cross is, you know, Christian cross, salvation. It's interesting you mentioned a sorority. That's a community of women who work together. The cross in that case would be something which shows success, that you can forge a deeper relationship but to carry a cross makes me think of carrying a torch you know if you're not accepted into a romantic relationship don't try to carry it on it would be trouble okay so that's dream number one dream number two is going to come to us from dr mcdonald's astrological dream book a comprehensive and scientific system for the interpretation of dreams from the Atlas Printing Company of Binghamton, New York, copyright 1921. And what we're going to get here is to run. To run is a fortunate omen. It means good luck. To run from fright can bring security. To run very quickly brings unexpected happiness. To run after an enemy denotes victory and profit. If you see people running one after another, it may be a quarrel or a disorder. But if you are running, it is good. So that's an interesting thing. It also carries both a negative and a positive. Um, Running after, carrying that cross, again, it means don't force this situation too much. It looks really good. But if you are told no, don't try to force it. The third book I'm using is Alibaba's Mystic Dream Book. That's a picture of a man in a turban by Regan Publishing Corporation in Chicago. 
and um, it does not have a date. <clears throat> and I'm opening it up at random. <laughs> what a funny dream. Eyebrow. To dream that your eyebrows are hairy and of a good graceful shape is good, especially to women. But an eyebrow without hair shows she will be afraid to marry you. All right, there we go. Again, we have two contradictory meanings or meanings about the positive and the negative. Now, not all dream books do that, and they certainly don't do it for all dreams. So it's interesting to me that we have a sort of an ambiguous um, feeling here. So what I'm getting from these, um, the eyebrow is so interesting. I would love to know if the person that Leslie was speaking to had graceful eyebrows. Um, but in any case, um, these are basically good signs. Good signs. It says pursue it. But if you are turned away, you should um, accept it and just let go. In other words, don't use magic to try to force the issue and don't use um, any kind of compelling or controlling because it could mean trouble for you. So the way is open. Looks very, very good. All three dreams had a positive meaning to them. And uh, so we have a cross, we have running, and we have an eyebrow. Now, to read dream books like this is a form of sortilege, which means picking random things. And it's a form of bibliomancy, which means to open a book and read it. So dream books can be used for more than just interpreting your dream. All right. Well, that was fairly short. Um, I'm going to probably just think about this for a moment because I do have a couple more minutes to fill here. I think that doing some kind of um, uh, work with a personal concern would be interesting because of the eyebrow. And I'm wondering if a hair or something might be used in a nice piece of magic. The cross might indicate a prayer. Okay. And running, I don't know, do you do anything athletic? If you can be around that person and go walking or running, you might not everybody runs, but get out with them, do something with them. And I'm sure that when Conjurman gets to the spell work, he'll take those images and see if he can work something together with that. All right, well, I'm going to turn this over to Brother Christopher. Hello. <clears throat> So I'm using British dice reading today, and the first number that I rolled with the dice was 12 spots. And that indicates that a message of some importance is on its way to you right now. So I feel like that this woman is probably going to be reaching out to you um, and following up with you. And then the next number that I rolled was eight spots, and that advises that by not thinking a situation through, you will have difficulties. And I see this paralleling the signs that Miss Cat pulled from her dream books in the sense that um, if you are unwise, if you don't act correctly, if you're unprepared, um, if you ignore her response or things that she says and does, um, then you might take an action or say something or do something 
or you might miss something in what she says that could either end the relationship or misconstrue things between you and cause problems going forward in this. So be careful with what you say and do. Um, pay attention to things that she says and does. If she makes it clear that she doesn't want to continue at some point, don't chase after her. If she makes it clear that she wants to go forward with having a relationship with you, then do so and you know just prepare yourself accordingly and maybe also try to learn what her expectations are um, as people are different and have different ideas about what they want out of a relationship and what is a good love language that she'll understand that you like her and understanding what she wants to like you. And then the last number I, um, I rolled was the nine spot, which says a marriage or a union takes place that will somehow affect you. So there is a possibility of marriage of the future. Um, maybe it's your marriage to her. Maybe she can be a future wife if you manage the situation gracefully um, and pay attention and think about the situation that you're in with her. Um, and so it may work out well for you in the end. Interesting. I, it's interesting that both of our readings had a bit of ambiguity in them. And the, there was ambiguity about um, communication and about understanding the situation. So my advice is uh, tread gently. Um, there is a, there's a, this is still in a very new stage. And I would say that um, both of us have come up with this looks pretty good, but pay attention to all the little things um, that you know that are going on. And it, it's um, I, I wish you, I personally wish you luck. It, the the eyebrow has me flummoxed. I'm sorry. I just keep on thinking. Um, people people's eyebrows mean so much when interpreting their faces. I'm not kidding. People who paint their eyebrows way up on their foreheads, people who have natural eyebrows, um, people who have no eyebrows, who would have thought that's going to mean something in this relationship? I'm not sure what, but it said if, his, if her eyebrow is full of, fully hairy and graceful, good luck to you. All right, we're going to turn this over to Contraman. And he's going to give some uh, root work advice, some spell advice, maybe some prayer advice that you can do. Take it away, Conjurer. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I want to ask one clarifying question. Are you still in contact with this person? Like, do, do you talk on the phone or text or, or you follow each other on Instagram? Is there some type of regular communication between you two? Yeah, we, we, we're connected on social media, but we... We send private messages because we don't want anything other. to go out in the open at this time. Gotcha. Okay, that that's great uh, because contact is in, is incredibly important. If you didn't have contact with this person, it would make it very difficult to to draw them towards you. There is some, uh, I think, ambiguity on the the readings parts. Uh, and a little bit of sort of hesitation there. So what I'm going to do is give you some root work advice to draw this person in close to you, but 
I think there was a very clear sign that you can't push this. So you need to send, uh, set some type of deadline. And when that deadline is passed, you need to move on. This is one of those situations where you can end up falling into a trap where you keep doing work after work after work after work to draw this person. And before you realize it, you've spent all of 2024 to get with this person and nothing's happened. Right? So you need to set a very clear deadline. Maybe it's their birthday, your birthday, something like something meaningful, or it can be arbitrary, like three months. It should be no more than three months, though. I think it's a max. If, you're, if your birthday shows up before them, set that. Her birthday, set that. If not, then three months. No more than three months in this situation um, is, is what I would recommend. So what I want you to do is get two pink, pink figural candles, one representing them and one representing you. You're going to write their name on theirs, your name on yours. If you know their birthday, their birthday on theirs, your birthday on yours. You're going to anoint both of these with come to me oil. You're going to set them on a table, setting on table, bureau, some type of surface that you've dedicated for this particular working. In the back, you're going to take a uh, pink can, vigil candle that you have dressed with come to me and love me oil and that you've added cuba berries, rose and Diana too. You're going to set Then you're going to print out the uh, lover's card from the tarot and you're going to tape it. You can print this. You can get it from the Hoodoo Jew box. You're going to then tape that onto the pink, uh, the vigil candle. Place the vigil candle in the back. Set the two images on the table facing each other some distance apart. On a Friday, when the moon is waxing, you're going to light the pink candle, then light this other person's candle and your candle. You're going to pray over this whole setup and say, Lord Almighty, draw this person to me. Bring them into my arms with love and affection and an open heart. And then you're going to move the candles a little bit close to each other. Let them sit for a bit, then snuff out the figure candles, Keep the vigil candle going. I want you to set this up in a way so that the vigil candle isn't up against the wall and that it's not going to burn anything. So just be mindful of that. And let the vigil candle burn. The next day, at the same time, you're going to take a, a match and from the light of the vigil candle, light your figural candles again, once more pray over it, and move them a little bit closer. You're going to repeat this for seven days, letting the vigil candle burn all the way down. And on the seventh day, you're going to bring all the, can all the two figural candles together so that they're finally touching. Then you're going to get some magnetic sand and come-to-me sachet powders. Mix them together, and you're going to create a ring around the two figural candles that are melting together, a ring that is... Let the candles all burn down. Take all the used leftover wax from the vigil candle, from the figural candles, and bury them in your front yard with half of the sachet powders and the magnetic sand. The rest of them you're going to place underneath your bed so that it draws this person to you into your life and into your bed or into your, if you don't want them in your bed, into your bedroom, or if you don't want them in your bedroom, in your living room, 
whatever the case, you want to add some intimate elements. You want to bring them to your house, and then you want to keep them in your house in some way, shape, or form. So you bury half of the magnetic sand and sachet mixture in with the wax, and half of it you're going to keep in the home. This done over seven days. And then you're going to watch for the next several days. You're going to watch for the next several weeks to see any type of movement or action. You're going to allow yourself three months max. Before that three months, you should broach the subject they haven't already. Say, hey, we've been talking for a little bit. I am interested in you. Do you feel the same way? If if you're given a definitive yes, then the magic has worked, and you can then either do stay with me working, you can build a honey jar that, that keeps you sweet to one another, you can do further working to preserve the relationship. If the answer you receive is no, then that's it. What I don't want you to do is to repeat the working again. That three months should be your cutoff. There's some ambiguity in the in the readings here, and I think Ms. Cat talked, you've got to be careful not to push it. You've got to be careful not to, to force this. And I think that this is really good advice here. If the answer is no at the end of the three months, then wash your hands clean of this. This is a good friendship. I'll enjoy the friendship, but I'm now open to new love, and you can start to do cut and clear work or drawing new love work, whatever it takes. From that moment, you'll know where the fork is leading you. But this working will give you a very clear chance. If there's any chance with this person, once this working is done, let it settle for a bit and then broach the subject, and they will say yes. If there's no chance with this person, then nothing after this working will work. So you'll, you'll need to move on and you can do cut work. That's my recommendation. Let's see if Brother Christopher and Miss Cat have anything further to add or some other suggestions. Well, I have one thing further to ask. You mentioned sachet powders, and I was typing something else and didn't catch which sachet powders you were talking come about. Come to me, sachet powders mixed with magnetic sand. Ah, very good. Okay, come to me. Okay. Okay. And mag sand. All right. Well, this is a very careful working. I love it. It's really great. I like the idea of relighting the uh, moving candles from the vigil light. That's a really mm-hmm. nice way to work. Um, th- you know, your spell work is always so thorough, and I, I really hope that Leslie undertakes this and does mm-hmm. the spell work because it's good good stuff. We Meanwhile, you all the, the chat... Yeah, and meanwhile in the chat, whenever we're still talking about eyebrows, <laughs> it's like whatever. <laughs> and somehow we all got into the eyebrows. Um, we have our bumper music, and um, that means we're going to go on to some announcements and various other things. And at some point, I'm also going to read out our list of winners, so we got to do that too. Um, okay, take it away with our network identification. L-M-C. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James. Mondays, 4 to 5.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. In syndication, 
Tuesdays, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay in syndication Tuesdays. The Now You Know Show with Professor Porterfield in syndication Wednesdays. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Voigt Thursdays, 4 to 5. All time specific at 3 hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and online at luckymojo.com. Some quick announcements about those upcoming shows on the LMC Radio Network. Monday, January 29th at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Doc Murphy and Velvet Capone of Camp, the Cultural Archive of Modern Paganism, for a discussion on preserving pagan culture. And Tuesday, January 30th on the Crystal Silence League in syndication will be the topic of the Astral Tower Part 2. And Tuesday, January 30th. On the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron in syndication with Miss Elvira and Phoenix LeFay will be the topic of the Goddess Fortuna. And Wednesday, January 31st, on the Now You Know show in syndication with Professor Porterfield will be the topic of Psalms to Quell Your Enemies Part 2 and Sulfur. And Thursday, February 1st at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Miss Elvira and Deborah Voice will be a special seasonal rebroadcast on Imbolc. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Brother Christopher of RuneWorker.com in Los Angeles, California. Take it away, Brother Christopher. Uh-oh. Have we lost Brother Christopher? Maybe oh, dear. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I forgot to turn my mute off. Okay. Um, so the spell I have today is a 29-day ritual to help develop and improve your psychic abilities and dreams. And it has several components to it. And the first component is for that 29 days, you should drink a cup of mugwort tea every day. Um, with If there's any contrary recommendations for your personal health or well-being, another great option is to make a tea from star anise and to drink that as it can also help stimulate um, fortunate dreams for you. And during this practice, you should take a picture of yourself and place it under a candle holder and using a white candle of any kind, such as a tea light, a chime candle, or if you like, a very large glass encased vigil candle. And you will fix the candle with psychic vision oil or Aunt Sally's lucky dream oil. And as the candle burns each day, you should spend 5 to 15 minutes just sitting in silence and letting your inner voice communicate with you. This may take the forms of visions, sounds, smells, tastes, other psychic sensations, or just an intuitive knowingness of what to do next or answers to your questions. And to help with dreams, you can write down the 23rd Psalm on a sheet of paper and fold this up and place it under your pillow while, you're, while you sleep. And this will help bring fortunate dreams to you that can give you insight or lucky numbers or guidance on how to resolve problems and issues and many more things. In addition to those dreams, I also rec- in addition to the 23rd Psalm, I also recommend to start writing down your dreams or otherwise finding a way of to preserve them to look back at them again later. 
This could be in a notebook or a sketchbook written down. Um, you could even use an app on your phone to record yourself, either a sound recording or maybe you want to do a quick video recording of yourself talking about the dreams you had last night. Even if you don't recall anything, you can just tell yourself, you know, I didn't recall my dreams, I didn't, nothing comes to mind, because this also seems to trigger um, an awareness that you are paying attention to your dreams and you're trying to understand them better. And this seems, in my experience, to trigger having better and better dream recall as you keep going forward and doing this. Um, and then the last part is during this 29-day period, you should take four spiritual baths using either psychic vision or lucky dream bath crystals. And after you bathe in the water and have uh, rinsed it all over your body, you should then collect some of the bath water and take it to a crossroads and pour it out while facing towards the east or to the rising sun to help increase and grow dreams and psychic abilities over this time period. And, and at the end of this, as well as during this 29-day period, you will, I am for sure, you will have found that your psychic abilities will have increased noticeably, as well as an increase in dreaming and having lucky or prophetic dreams come to you. That is, is so good. Cool. <laughs> that is so good. I have only one thing to add to it. Um, some people, myself included, are allergic to mugwort. So there are a few other herbs that could be used. They are not as potent as mugwort by any means, but I'm going to just name them. One is anise, and another is hops, the same hops that are used for making beer. Um, so that doesn't mean you should drink a beer every night to get a dream, but um, those it can be brewed into a tea, as can Anna. So I'm just saying there are other things. Anybody who has an allergy to an herb should never reject doing a spell because one of the herbs sets off their allergies. Yes, that's very true. That's a um, wonderful, wonderful. Um, way to work though brother christopher very thorough and very traditional yeah, yeah. Love i love i also i love the idea that you can improve your interpret dreams you can improve your psychic ability this is something that uh people forget like it's not just a matter of like whether you're born with it or not and if you're not you're shit out of luck there are ways of improving there are ways of increasing your skills and who do itself offers uh, you know, products and techniques and things, just like Brother Christopher mentioned, that can help, you know, increase your intuition, that help can help bring on dreams, that can help you have the dreams you're seeking for and can help you develop your ability to interpret those dreams. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to take a quick second before we get into our announcements here. Um, we have a winner from January 26th, Facebook Fridays. This was just in, given to me late. <laughs> Our winners are LaShonda Walker, Tamika Moore, Melissa Erlert, Kirsten Pierce, Lisa Kovach, or Kovach, and Judy Spadaro. 
and each of them has won a bottle of Follow Me Boy oil. So if you are one of the winners and you're listening, just respond to the message at the Lucky Mojo Facebook page. Send us your mailing address for shipping purposes. Do not send your credit card to a spammer. These people know their business. Get your free Follow Me Boy oil. Okay, I'm going to turn this over to James now. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman, and thank you, Brother Christopher of RuneWorker.com in Los Angeles, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when we will have Lucianos of Lucianos.com in Baltimore, Maryland, bringing us the topic of OB. Once again, we come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from folkconjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available on archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show HTML. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you so much. And thank you, Brother Christopher, for reminding me that star anise can also be used in addition to regular anise. It's a different species, but it uh, does the same thing. All right, folks. It's been wonderful. I hope that by next week, as we uh, work on our dragon money, that we will be getting some interest here from people like me who love lucky money. I could go on and on about lucky money, and I just want to tell you my my thoughts are focused on it right now. And I want to thank Nagashiva for jumping into this project on lucky dragon money. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to blow a lot of people's minds. We're going to not have every piece of dragon money ever done. There are hundreds of them. But if you read the page when it does come out to the public and want to add more, send us messages. All right, everybody. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night.